So this is the last day of our group session and uh, what it's really been you know, possible to do is just sketch in some pointers on themes hopefully some of these can are uh, interesting and you can pick up in your practice and you can study them in the scriptures um, and deepen in various ways that, that interest you and give you good results. Buddha Dharma is massive and manifold and many avenues in. Yeah. But for our cultivation meditation practice, you know, see, broadly speaking, you have these themes samatha vipassana, samatha steadying, soothing, easing, making the mind simple, simplifying, making the mind stable. It's not supposed to be a sedative, <laughs> it's supposed to bring around a certain firmness, not just a soporific effect <laughs> so we should be careful of calming as an attitude calming is uh, yeah the calming comes around through a certain motivated attentive attunement and persistence with where there can be a grounded sense of the mind will rein itself in or collect around it's not just constantly scattering, orbiting, zinging off in different directions or just going into its woe directions or its obsessive directions. You've got something you've got to, it's quite vigorous to keep reining it in, patient, kindly, for your welfare, making it something realistic you can manage. You know, samatha. This can be just the sense restraint is samatha. You know, using boundaries of time. Okay, we stop now. Stop. You know, using boundaries of sila. Don't do that. No. And then refining it. This is more beautiful. This is this is more uh, calming to operate in this way. This is more uh, softening, soothing to operate in this way rather than be abrasive or abrupt or harsh. It's just much more comfortable. Vilpochan said the aim of our Vinaya practice is to lead into samadhi. It's not to find fault with everyone else, it's to rein the mind in and tune it in to themes that are purposeful, uh, gladdening, brightening, and prepare, make the mind fit. So it's capable of release. It's all tangled up can't release the ingrained confusions, defilements, and so forth. Vipassana, seeing into, direct witnessing. And so we have to get some sense of having something to witness and an ability to witness rather than react or get compulsive or be busy. Even busy calculating, busy meditating, and something that's not—it's—it's it's purposeful, it's engaged, 
but it's not busy. Being able to sustain the hovering over what's happening. How is this? Lingering. Vichara, lingering, taking it in. You only saw Mrikara wisely attending, deeply attending. What's the meaning of this? What's in this? What's buried in this? Dig it out. Be like a customs inspector. What's in the bag? Open it up. Person comes in that they don't want you to look in the bag. That's the bag you want to look into. The one that says, "Oh, no, it's fine. That's fine. That's no, all right. It's just doing." Those are the ones you should stop. What's in that bag? Oh. You know, so it's the blurring is often the, the, the conjurer's trick. Blurring of attention to get us to look the other way. And then the, the, the uh, contraband gets in. So it's steadying and steadying, supervising, being earnest and uh, scrupulous. Uh, in terms of one's welfare, this is not dressage, it's not about performance, it's about scrupulously attending you know, day and night, waking hours, and we're spending my time, this is fine, and relaxing, that's okay, resting, that's okay. Turning the mind over, thinking, that's okay. Well, if it's okay, as long as it's a sense of you know what you're doing and it's bringing things to light. Sometimes just being spacious and see what comes up. If you have too much of a program in mind, too much, I'm going to do this, that, this, that, this, that. I'm going to do my two hours of anapana, then my half an hour of sitting, then my half an hour of bare awareness, then my two hours of metabhavana. No, not quite. It's, it's impressive as an idea, but still, who's doing all that? <laughs> you know, why is all that? Hmm? Well, the main aim of insight is, I suggest, uh, insight into sankara. To start with the Pali term because it's it's variously translated. It's one of the most varied translated words in in, in Buddhism. Uh, formations, fabrications, uh, determinations, relational formations, uh, you know, synergies, activations, activities, propensities, you know, all kinds of terms. But it's a kind of something that both fabricates or formulates and becomes a set piece program. Sometimes you use the word program. It's something that both activates but also establishes a particular procedure, you could say. Of course, it's much more instinctive than that. And it's this that forms the web of samsara binds the aggregates, it formulates the aggregates, formulates the conditioned, sometimes also translated as conditioning or conditions, conditioning agencies, formative tendencies. (laughs) 
is that which formulates the formulated. And the release is the deformulating or the unconditioning or the non-volitional or the, you know, the web falls apart. And uh, the reality is that we have to uh, use uh, Sankara because that's, that's the very energy of activity in order to undo, just like you use a, a wrench or a screwdriver to take something apart. If you take it apart, you don't need the wrench or the screwdriver or whatever, done it. But you need to get the right uh, activations, formulations, programs to do, do what needs to be done. So steadying is like steadying your hand, steadying your eye, refining your eye, uh, calming your body so you're ready for fit for work. Mm. Not frantic, not dirty, not scrambled. Mm. And then the work, the work is really the work of insight. And you're very agile. Mm. So. Sankara, this is uh, explained as Chitta Sankara, which is the primary problem or the primary uh, modality to undo, is these fabrications, formulations that arise in the heart. So we might loosely use the term emotion for that. It's not just it's urge, drive, compulsion, uh, that push jumps up in the heart. Chitta Sankara. This craving, desire, fear, worry, uh, something compulsive about it. And that one, here we are again. Me again, going into my program. You know, whatever it is. And what does it what does it do? It, it starts throwing around perceptions. It should be there. I see this, it feels like that to me. He's doing this, uh, I see this, I hear that, it means this, it means that. Hmm. And then all these perceptions turn into what's called Vajji Sankara, or verbal, uh, conceptual interpretations. So, chitta rises up, manas runs out, starts bringing up pieces of data, then links up the dots. There's that, there's that, there's that, and it should be that, and that, and that. And then getting annoyed. There's that, and that, and that, could be that, and that, and that. Getting excited. There's that, and that, and that. (laughs) But what happens with that, and that, and that? Getting worried. Yeah? you know, the volitional tendency to try to assemble reality, you know, runs out and starts linking up, like a spider's web. Runs out, the body of the chitta runs out this gossamer, and weaves these webs, and then runs around on. Runs around on, and those webs pick up every tremble. So it's called the bodily formation, or the bodily sankara, kind of sankara. There's a sense that the body also has a certain sensitive energy, 
that also ripples, resonates, contracts, gets dull and stagnant, uh, contracted and tense, um, flaring up. And these all run together. That's the thing, these all bind together. So we're very much feeling, we're living and participating in our sangsara, in our web, like the spider bonded to its web, without realizing it drew that all the web came out of its own body. It runs around in it. No matter what, you know, you look in a spider's web and you see the wonderful little droplets, micro droplets of dew and shining in the sunlight. Some of it's rather beautiful. But it's, it's, a, it's a little web. And a spider runs around in it looking for food. Looking for reality, meaning as a web of Sankara. Those are the Buddha's last words, Sabe Sankara Vayadama. It's the nature of all Sankaras is to fade, degenerate. Therefore, practice with diligence. And if you don't know this, the reminder here is that if we don't power them up, we don't put energy into them, they tend to wither. No, this is this restraint from one's obsessive patterns, compulsive behaviours, uh, addictive tendencies, uh, making an effort as best one can, realise addiction, compulsion doesn't break easy. And there are many ways in which one encourages that, both a uh, you know, knuckle wrap, <laughs> uh, uh, <just> stop, <laughs> just stop. Not tomorrow, but now, stop. <laughs> and no, really, stop now. No reasoning to stop. <laughs> and there's this kind of soothing method. Don't you think it'd be rather nicer if you just look the other way now? Just turn just a little bit. If you look at that that way, you'll see it. Really, you know. Reminders you've been through this one before. You've been through this one before. What happened last time? Uh-huh. <laughs> You know, so there's various ways in which you try to kind of, you know, uh, entice the mind out of its habits. And it's uh, treating the mind really like a a sensitive creature, somewhat mesmerized creature, but you're not trying to beat it up uh, or or just extract it, extracting it so that it's brighter, more happy, radiant. That's the that's the mandate. For mm. one's welfare. Nibbana paramam sukham. Nibbana is the deepest kind of ease. running around the web. So, just recognizing these three aspects of sankara, the verbal, the speech, or the inner speech, thinking, mental formulation, you know, interpretations, analysis, predictions, memoirs, 
story of my life, a horror story or whatever it was, and then uh, in the future, mental concoctions, intellectual uh, intellect fabrication. Tinisiro uses those terms. And verbal formation. Uh, dazzling. Convincing. And so we hover over that and say, well, deep attention, you know, somebody say, Kara, what's the essence of this? What's in this? What's the mood in this? Busy? Just filling up the time? You know, just to keep things going? Not necessarily horrible, just da 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 da. Why do you need to keep things going? Don't you think things will go by themselves? Look around, open up. Don't just get absorbed in the story. Things are going to happen. It's never the case that nothing happened. So why fill it all in? Learning to listen to the, the silences between the dots and the thoughts. Attending to what's not here. How can you attend to what's not here? Well, just the phrase really means we might notice the non-harming. We know what it is to feel the energy of harming, violence. We can experience that. Notice that that particular nerve ending is not alive. That's nice. Yeah. Stealing, taking what's not given. Notice that that's not there. We might know what that feels like, that, or let me have one of those. Sexual misconduct. Know what that nerve ending feels like. The brahmacharya is sexual activity, knowing what that feels like. And the time is, what's it like when that isn't happening? I turn my attention to either the things that do not arouse it. Return your attention to objects that don't arouse that energy. What's that feel like when that energy pales, dwindles, isn't present? Isn't that more comfortable? Uh, energy not being used up, isn't that more replenishing? Well, it's like when you switch your, your computer off, your internet off. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, all these interesting things, and informative, and urgent, and so on. What's it like? It's power down. Listen to the sound of the thing going, Oh, that's nice too. Notice the absence. You see what I mean? We know what busyness is like. The engagement, notice the place where it isn't happening. Just so you mind, you keep coming out of your web. No, the webs are not necessarily evil, but they do definitely form. They form us. We become our webs. Spider, riveted to it. Impulsive. So you might take a very simple thing like the compulsive doer. Just take the time just to 
wander lightly through the forest. Mm. Half an hour, enjoying the air, the green, the luminosities, exquisite season for that. Notice nature, it's not straight lines, it's not progressing, it's balancing, it's balancing. It doesn't progress, it balances. Maybe that will be helpful to get the sense of balancing, be natural, not getting things done, but just balancing. Stillness and a certain motivation to find that because in balance we're not preoccupied and yet we are very much engaged to sustain balance. There's an openness in that. And from that you begin to recognize the risings up of the energies, the psychologies, the emotions, the histories. And using that balanced sense, you know, standing, sitting, whatever you find in that, to just keep referring to that so the sankharas don't bind and start pushing you around, driving you on, crushing you down, throwing you out, spinning you backwards and forwards, stirring you up. Well, of course, they'll try. And it's, uh, you know, you begin to realize why the Buddha called his Mara as almost like an independent agency was trying to do this to you, trying to do this to the chitta. It's a way of expressing it, which can be quite helpful. But then you get some sense of that's that, it's not me. This is the passion Mara, this is the Kilesa Mara, this is the Kanda Mara, the forearm. <laughs> Kilesamara, Kandamara, Deathmara, and uh, Devaputamara, which is a glorious one, glorious creative Deva. If you are full of glorious creative ideas, uh, frequent, I find this one quite a frequent visitor. <laughs> yes, 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 but what about the stillness? the openness so just getting an eye on these or an awareness of these formative tendencies and the emotions they bring up jitta sankara of course using the body as a grounding a place where you both find simple ground because whatever your mind is doing, your body is just here. You keep returning to that. Wherever it's run away to, you return to that. Walking, standing, breathing in and out, returning to that. Using breathing as a way of internally cleaning, internally balancing energies. They're not up in your head, not sinking, collapsing in dullness and fatigue. You know, bustling and with restlessness, and you've got a way of satisfying the body 
body feels satisfied, heart feels, jitter feels more satisfied, it's ready to sit down, it's got a good place to sit in. So this is really, I think this is pretty um, important. And jitter's not going to sit down unless it's got a good place to sit. It's just going to keep running around its ideas web, its emotions web, its history web. You give it another place to sit, better, more spacious, more comfortable, it'll go there. So making your body internally breathing somewhere where you feel, oh yeah, oh yeah, I can get some rest, I can get some refreshment in this. Doesn't have to be tight. If it was too tight, go to the boundaries of your skin. Open your skin. Mm. Widen the sphere of breathing to include the space around you. Mm. So you're not just bound up with the notion of the body. Rhythm, walking. Very steady, soothing rhythm. This again combats the rather ragged, lurching energies of compulsive sankaras. Jump and they lurch, they scatter, they sink. And steady walking, steady breathing, steady sweeping. And sweep a path. Great meditation. So all this, because these things are running all the time, so you want to make all your activities, sweeping, washing up, something that carries those qualities of don't get impatient, be purposeful, don't dither, don't dilly-dally, stay on the topic, not time to go off and have a chat, stay with it, yeah, and getting to the rhythm, operating in that focused, non-compulsive way, you're still working on the Sankara. Looking into, aware of the projections one can create over so much to do and by the end of the Vasa I'll be this, that and the other, I won't never be this, that and the other and you know, everybody else thinks I'm like this, that and the other and I should be doing this, that and the other. And <laughs> And it's uh, the qualities of the the steadying qualities of the mind, the energy is suffusive. Rather than jumping. Stagnant, pervading, suffusing. So, the cultivation of the Brahma Vihara, really uh, helpful and main thing. It's generating, it's called like a sphere. So it's the description above, around, here, there, everywhere. Mm. 
but it's like a holistic opening of a sphere. Chaitana with intent. Chaitasa, company with a deliberate intent to generate, to touch into, to pick up the quality of goodwill in its various forms. Yeah. There are all aspects of goodwill. First aspect is the inclination to nourish yourself, others, uh, and making it much more less object-oriented and more quality. So this is not about firing off a salvo of meta to Syria or Afghanistan or you know anyone in particular, though you you could do that. It's not just running lists of names, but getting that sense of a, of a quality of warming, nourishing, encouraging. You know, words or metaphors, of course, feeding, hmm. the image of a mother nursing a child, feeding. Could be yourself, could be others, could be just the general attitude. So, though the translation to others is myself, it's not, it doesn't actually say that. So, that's one way you can handle it. It means everywhere, all around, you know, without, without a division. So, relating to a holistic quality of nourishing attitude, a warming attitude, encouraging attitude. And just see what happens. You open that, generate pick up a sign can be the feeling of gratitude could be the impression of um, you know, wanting to help and pick up that energy that mood and linger on it touch into the quality of it see if you can give attention to it so and enjoy it so it increases increases and that's the nature of it what you give attention to will increase. What you give that lingering attention to will increase. And it's patiently lingering over that, turning away from objects of worry, doubt, fear, ill will, grudge, resentment, guilt. Dwell on those, they'll increase. Turn away. Qualities of gratitude, qualities of wanting to help, sense of that which one finds one's heart is endearing. Then linger in that, see you want to include in that. Get the quality first, then introduce people, past, present, anywhere. Introduce and let them walk into that. Work on the sadness or the irritation or the frustration so that's dissolved you dissolve that sankara that piece of chitta sankara you released it so these rightly practiced are held to be a liberation from the quality of ill will ill will contracts and shuts down and fixates in an unhappy state compassion that which wants to protect, shield, uh, ward off pain, ward off suffering. 
It's willing to enter into a place of suffering, into a place of distress, like a nurse or a doctor. Mm. Not appalled, not disgusted, not righteous, not, you know. What's needed here? What's needed here is the question that signifies compassion. Appreciation, mudita, ability to appreciate, be gladdened by, see the blessing of, enjoy the benefit of, often rather overlooked because it doesn't do anything. Compassion is quite more, a bit more, you know, purposeful, seemingly. What gives me a sense of this is where we lingering in, so we're lingering in, enjoying, getting the mind to open into that enjoyment of that which is good. If you don't enjoy the good, how you can make it strong? If you don't see the good in yourself, you'll neglect it. If you don't appreciate the good in yourself, you'll forget about it. You won't notice it. You're obsessed with the not good. If you don't see the good in others, you'll obsess with their, what you see their shortcomings are. So you make an effort. Appreciate the good, the non-harming, the non-violating, the non, you know. <laughs> yeah. She's not wonderful, but she does turn up. Yeah. She's not fantastic, but she makes an effort. Because what does fault-finding do? What does righteousness do? Drives poison into your own heart. Doesn't make people better. Makes you more... You name it. Equanimity. Things will be as they are. Why do I have to keep controlling everything? Why do I have to be running around trying to iron out the waves of the sea? trying to scrub the sky clean, trying to level the earth. Mm -hmm. A bit of that serenity is taking a break from samsara, its woes and its endless plaintive cries in oneself. I'm like this now. It's like this now. Be present with it. Acknowledge it, accept it like this, but don't adopt it, don't feel you've got to continue it, but you're not going into a spasming analysis and retribution over it. And so you cultivate these, they've got a lovely, they've got a lovely expansive quality to them. And this is you can do standing, sitting, walking, reclining, sitting in a chair, you know. Sitting in a car, going to the dentist, <laughs> sitting back, and a good way to spend time on a plane. And we used to go on planes, you spend some time, you want to watch the video, you don't want to read the stupid magazine, <laughs> you can't eat the food, what else are you going to do?
So these are cultivations that uh, they're, they're in the Buddha's kitchen. You can take some of these out and cook up what you need. So these are all sankharad. They are definitely things we involve volition towards, but they're first of all aiming at the freedom from the distressing, defiled conditions, which we may have accepted, adopted, been inducted into, prejudices we've absorbed, uh, bodily energies we've not been clear about, yeah, haven't really understood completely, uh, and so on. These then become bases where you can see this is also, there's nobody doing this. It's just the jitta. And a sense of dispassion. We don't own the Dhamma. So purification is both of energy and of view. Samatha, Vipassana, looking into. They work together, you want to look into what needs to be done. Look into how you get triggered. You're triggered generally, you're finding you're looking into Sankara, you see they're resting on feeling of perception. Feeling of perception. Perception is the meaning, your hit, your interpretation of yourself, of others, of bodies, of sensations, of sights and sounds. By themselves, the sense world is harmless. It's deadly. Spot burn that it's harmless. <laughs> you know, it's deadly if you grab hold of it. But it's the grabbing that's the problem. So you need to know not just some ideological obsession with avoiding sight, sound, touch, but where do the asala, where do the inflows occur? They occur around feeling, mental feeling, emotional feeling, as it rises up, and clinging to that. Fixation on that. Now you can just do insight can be a matter of just acknowledging, staying in the flow of feeling in a day. It's a happy feeling. Perhaps the feeling was not so great at five o'clock. Then did a few chores, the feeling tone sharpened up, felt quite a bit more happy, and then breakfast came along, felt somewhat happy, but brighter feeling. Just noticing then we get some praise or something nice happens, a feeling, mental feeling jumps up, jumping up and down, and then something goes wrong, it sinks down again, sinks down again. This is broken, that doesn't work, I have to do that, it sinks again. Notice the feeling, how the mind is propelled by that. Is it possible to first will not be propelled, allow the difficult, uncomfortable feeling fantastic feeling, moderate feeling, qualities, pleasant pain. So they don't necessarily catalyze these cascades of emotion, sankara. Feeling has to be felt. It doesn't have to be programmed. 
then when we begin to humbly acknowledge the pleasure, the displeasure, the mild pleasure, slightly disagreeable, mm. that's sensory world, that's the mind, that's the, what the mind does, but we don't have to get programming, activations, identification with that. And certainly cultivating these comfortable abidings, uh, abiding in good heart, good, good will, abiding in a comfortable body certainly helps to counteract, to wean one, wean the jitter off coarser feeling, coarser sources of feeling. Mm-hmm. And so your appetite changes. Generally, the refined ones last longer, don't burn you. Subtly internal ones, cultivated, the feeling that comes with brightly cultivated one is subtler, doesn't burn you up, long lasting, no regret, no hangover. Yeah. And uh, in this way, we are both cultivating our welfare in the present moment, happiness in the present moment. And setting the mind up for deep realization. So let's take some time for direct practice, and uh, once again, you know, I suppose it must always be mentioned this is not a life task, it's a life, can be a life enjoyment. Uh, try to find a way you make it reasonable and enjoyable for yourselves, uh, interesting, uh, seek advice when you need it, uh, share things, it just helps to make it much more uh, not just a private thing but something we acknowledge what this double work is about and uh, then it strengthens our resolve, it strengthens our understanding what's needed to have a retreat, what we have to give up and, and conform to just to sustain a good vehicle for our welfare. As long as we do this, the Dharma will continue to thrive in the world.